During a crisis, you know, cocktail hour can be almost any hour. I want to ask the question. Who's buying the booze? Who's buying the booze? God, these bubbles make me burp. Should we start this? Let's start it. <laughs> Let's we clapped, start it. So we have to start it. We did clap, so we have to start. So hello, everyone. We are committed to introducing ourselves. So I'm Stephanie. I'm Nell. And you're listening to the Boozy Sitters Club, where we drink booze and talk about the Babysitters Club books. That's that it. Was good. That's it. That's what that's we do. It. That's all we do. <laughs> Not rocket science. Well, we talk about other stuff as well. But that's the... We do. There's that's been the a, reason we're here. There's been a lot of vampiric overtones in recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe we'll go to something else this time. So, yeah. So, this week, we are we are discussing... Is it Dawn and the Impossible 3? Dawn Terrible and three. Impo- Terrible. I kept wanting to say impossible. Let me look it up. Um, which I feel like means it's terrible. Why can't I find it now? Oh, there we go. Dawn and the Impossible Three. Okay, so there's a there's a lot going on in this one. <laughs> there's there like is a lot going. There's on. subplots to the subplots, um, but the main gist of it is. Dawn, who is now in the Babysitter's Club, I, and yeah. I don't know about you, I thought she came in, like, much later, not Me book too. Five. But then I also was, let me see if I can find the date. I was thinking, actually, this morning, because I was thinking about it, um, the speed at which we are reading the books is a lot faster. That and is so true. <laughs> even if she wrote them pretty quickly and they came out once a year... True. Then that might feel like it was... that is true. I think we are doing whatever the book equivalent of a binge is. I guess it'd still be a binge. I think so. I'm also going to totally fess up where, like, last time I was uber prepared and took notes. No notes. None. I just didn't. Well, I finished reading it, like, an hour and a half ago, but I did so take notes while I was reading it. Cool. So it's super fresh for you. And super we'll fresh. just see what's in my brain. Yeah. So she's now in the Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. And they are having a meeting. Not an emergency meeting. Just a regular kind of meeting. Regular meeting. Regular meeting in Claudia's room. And they get a call from a... Fwum. Fwum. <laughs> and I haven't even started drinking. Jeez. They get a call from a new client and Dawn answers and she asks a whole bunch of questions and makes a point to say that Christy makes them ask all these questions, which is probably a good thing because you don't want to be babysitting for a psycho. True. Yes. So that's, yeah. you know, solid. I mean, nobody wants to do that, really. Yeah. And I don't remember how Dawn got to keep the job, but she did. Yeah, I don't remember. I literally just read it. And I yeah, don't it's that, cool. But, and yeah. this woman is the person who called oh, is a referral from the Pikes. It's so. because Dawn had been babysitting for the Pikes. And oh, yeah, they yeah. Said, she met the kids. Oh, 
one of the friends might come over and then the friend did come over buddy um with his little sister Susie and she skinned her knee and so Don kind of took yes. care of her so right. when she calls the name rings a bell Mrs. Barrett and the name rings a bell and she says oh I met your son and I band-aided your daughter like she doesn't quite say that but basically that was yeah. the connection so she kind of already had seen them met the kids so yeah. she takes the job and then all sorts of calamities ensue yes and then some of the other subplots in this one is the relationship between marianne and don and christy and that because in the last book that was the everyone was in a fight and don was the new girl and so marianne and don became friends and christy was jealous and it was a whole thing so that continues that continued and we learn more about well, Dawn's mom and Marianne's dad are now like a fish dating. I don't know why mm-hmm. I said a fish. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> I've never said They're that. Going in my life. They're going He's steady. They're going steady. He's given her his He's ring. Her. He's pinned her, but not in a violent way. No. I don't I I think I saw that in some 50s movie. Yes. Where you like literally give them a pit and right. Uh, yeah, it's your I know this cuz my mom told me all about it because, you know, <laughs> What happened? You got in your letterman's jacket, probably also because I read a book when I was little and I was like, what does this mean? So then my mom was like, here's the details. So when you were a, when you played a sport in those days, it was like boys only, unless you were a girl and you played cheerleading or whatever, which is not entirely true. Girls played sports as well. But anyway, varsity teams in high school going down a rabbit hole. You had your letterman's jacket. And then for every sport you played or varsity were a varsity of you got a pin for that sport that you put oh, on your I letter see. i see so then you would give your varsity pin to the girl that you were going out with so in theory though if you varsity multiple sports you could give it to multiple ladies i think so so you could be like <laughs> you're my <laughs> baseball girlfriend you're my football girlfriend <laughs> yes Cool. Cool. Okay. So that happens. And then with Dawn babysitting the... Actually, no one gets pinned, but whatever. Back to it. Dawn, when she's babysitting, who we come to learn are the impossible three, who really aren't actually that impossible. No, they're just like impossible for Marianne that one time because she didn't know how to deal with them. And their mother, who's overwhelmed by divorce and... This is the the last subplot. Mrs. Barrett and Mr. Barrett have just been divorced. There's a and, lot of divorce in this book. And um, Mr. Barrett is kind of a, a dick. But we'll Although, get... Although, <laughs> yes, he is a little bit of a dick. And I feel like... Well, the... spoiler, he kidnaps his child. That's... <laughs> well, yes and no. I'm not defending the kidnap. <laughs> He didn't really. He did. He he, he did. did. He did. He but rolled, like he rolled up to the old house. The child was on the front lawn, and despite his wife, he took his child. That's kidnapped. Yes, but, and I only say this because to me the plot points went a little awry, and I was like, I feel like you. This could have been a little different. It was 
his weekend to have the child. True. So true. Okay, we'll get into the finer the finer yeah. points, but there may be some. Light, I'm not defending. There's there's some dickhead. light kidnapping. Yes, light kidnapping. Absolutely, I am not defending kidnapping your children. I am not defending kidnapping. Period. There is. I yes. just felt like the plot went off the rails a little bit at it some did. points, and I was like, eh, I feel like we could have. It did, but I, I was this. on the, I was on the journey. I was on the runway yes. train. Yes, I was there. So at the gas station. At the gas station, which we'll which we'll get come to. Back to. <laughs> Should we drink? Yeah, do we need to have, let's have Lewis give us the official back cover oh, while yeah. we take our first sips and then come back to a, I, have I realized, never remember when Lewis is supposed to Because you want to know why, because it's not in the outline. Dear, dear, dear listeners, we have an outline. No, Lewis is in every episode and yet he's nowhere in the outline. It's because Lewis is a mystery. <laughs> he is a mystery, wrapped in an enigma. Well, then I say we just continue when it feels right. To have Lewis tell well, us. We've about talked the book. about him a lot now, so I feel like we have to hear him. Lewis, tell <laughs> us about the book. Don's the newest member of the Babysitters Club, and everybody's glad. Except Christy. Christy thinks things were better without Don around. That's why Don's eager to take on a big babysitting job. It's her chance to show Christy what she's made of. What a mistake. Taking care of the three Barrett kids is too much for any babysitter. The house is in chaos, the kids are impossible, and Mrs. Barrett never does any of the things she promises. Dawn's got more trouble than she's bargained for. But she's not going to give up until all four Barretts are under control and she's friends with Christy. Or whichever comes first. All right. So, um, should we talk about our drinks? What are you drinking? What cheers. am I drinking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Clink. Ching, ching. Ching. So, I am drinking. It is... A friend of mine gave me this mixer from a brand called Owl's Brew. Um, mm. It is crafted with botanicals and tea. Nice. And it is a citrus sweet tea. And this is what I think is funny about it. On the front label, it just says pair with vodka. And then I don't know if you... I'll just... It's on the Zoom. I'll just read it to you. On the back... Yeah. It tells you how to make an Arnold T. Palmer, which is two parts of this mixer. One part vodka. You put it in a cocktail shaker with ice. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Pour it in a glass. Garnish with a fresh lemon wedge. That's not the weird part. Okay. The weird part is on the bottom it says, we also love this flavor with gin, tequila, or bourbon. So it's like, we love this with anything. I'm like, okay. Sure. But it is very good. It is refreshing. It is. Nice. Um, it does just taste like an Arnold Palmer. Which is delicious <laughs> and yet dangerous. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't taste like anything. Um, I also used... St. Pete Distillery, Banyan Reserve Vodka, mm-hmm. keeping shit good choice. Real, real local. But, like, in all actuality, it is actually very good vodka. It is, yes. So, we'll give it to them for being yeah. down the street and making good vodka. Okay. Oh, and they made, was it they that made hand sanitizer for a while? I think they did, yeah. Or they might so still be, yeah. They might, yeah. So, they stopped their liquor 
production and made hand sanitizer free for pickup. I think they were doing giving it away when that was at the beginning of the pandemic quarantine. So what do you got? Uh, I'm this week drinking a daiquiri. Mmm. Which, um, so I know usually most people think of daiquiris as like frozen drinks, super sweet, whatever. And some years ago I was in one of those like speakeasy type bars and the bartender asked me what I want. And I think, can't remember if what I wanted wasn't available or something. Anyway, they ended up saying, what, you know, what do you like? What do you not? I'll just make you something. And they said, have you ever had a daiquiri? And I think my face just was like, oh. And they said, no, no, not like that. Trust me. And so they made me a proper daiquiri. And I was like, ooh, turns out, love a daiquiri. Um, And it's literally just rum and lime juice and a little simple syrup. And Mm. it's very kind of summertime refreshing. I realized um, it's very similar to my drink last week, which was uh, Caipirinha, which is basically a different, similar type of rum with lime juice. Um, But yeah, I did say it was going to be the summer of rum and then had only drank that one rum thing. So you're doing it for me. I'm continuing the summer of rum. So yeah. Um, And I found uh, there's different ways to make it uh, different types of rum. A lot of them call for a white rum. I did not have a white rum, so I went with just kind of like regular. It's not a dark. I think I have kind. Of, I think mine's a light rum, um, and it seems to be good. And you know, you can tweak it. You can add fruit to it. You can you know make it a little sweeter. You can make it a little limeier. You can do whatever, but it's good. I like it. Yeah. Sounds that's good. What I got. I love it. So yeah, so that's what we're drinking. Mm-hmm. Should we take a wee break? A wee break. Yeah, wee break to talk about, you know, an ad. Other people. Because we love supporting other independent businesses, we want to tell you about a line of candles called By Alejandra. These handcrafted candles come in a variety of scents that will match any mood. And for a limited time, there's a special edition candle called Find Your Light which celebrates the creativity, strength, and individuality of the live entertainment community. Find out more on Instagram at Candles by Alejandro or on the website at candlesbyalejandro.myshopify.com and let us know which scent you think goes best with listening to podcasts. Okay, so we're back. We're back. We're back from the wee break. And, And how are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm better than last week. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm doing, doing pretty good. Uh, I feel, I feel good because I don't know if you've been looking at the news yet today, but, uh, the Supreme Court just decided that you, it is illegal to discriminate against people based on their gender or, or not gender, um, Sexual orientation or gender identity. Yes. So that is fantastic news. Did you so, also see that Neil Gorsuch wrote the I majority did. opinion? I was like, I did. holy shit balls. Yes. Trump's Which, butt must be on fire. I don't know why his butt is, but... Well, he probably <laughs> ate some McDonald's. Um, 
The other thing that I read that someone pointed out, um, I think it was actually Danica Rome. I think that's how she says her first name, who is the, I think she's a state rep from Virginia. She's mm-hmm. um, trans. And she pointed out that in addition to the actual decision, when they wrote the decision, they referred to um, one of the uh, people in the case as using she, her pronouns. Oh, yeah. And noting that she, and I forget the exact wording, so sorry if this isn't exactly right of what they said or what she said, but um, that they specifically noted a sex different than what was assigned at birth. And so what she was saying, which was an even like an equally as great step to the decision was that here's the Supreme Court in writing, mm-hmm. acknowledging that pronouns, using pro- correct pronouns yep. are the thing to do and that trans people are trans people and that a woman is a woman is a woman, blah, blah, blah all of the things which is great so take that jk rowling take that maybe neil gorsuch is like maybe he's one of those people that's always hated harry potter because he thinks it's witchcraft and he saw that and he was like oh yeah (laughs) i'm just sticking to you yeah i got very excited when i saw that i was like finally some good news and then when i saw who wrote the majority opinion i'm not gonna lie my i think my mouth literally just opened like oh my yeah um so i did see something else that referred to uh so it was six against the devil triangle (laughs) actually alito and uh what's his name uh clarence thomas clarence thomas thank you all i could think it's easy to forget about it because he doesn't have pubic hairs on coke cans um they are the devil's triangle. Yeah. So that made me laugh as well. That but. is very funny. So yeah, so that was some good news today. Um so yeah, I think I'm I'm doing pretty good. That's good. I we I applied I for a job that was a repost of a job I'd already applied for and they didn't want me and I was like, Screw you, I'm doing it again. So I mean maybe, you, you know. never know what's gonna get past those bots. It's true. How are, are you? Do, I'm good. I do feel like we sound better. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And la yeah, it's it was it was a rough couple weeks for the world. Um, yep. It's still you know times are still tough, but yeah, that good news made me happy. Um, I did. Um, I let it that sniff out a line of coke. <laughs> a line of coke. I did not. Uh, I'd be I, I'd be a little more peppy. Um, I did go to a protest. So that made mm-hmm. me feel good. And I did learn that um, at a protest, being very loud is an asset. Yes. I started many chants. Oh, good. Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I mentioned to you that at one point, one of the organizers with a megaphone was near me and he started one of the like round robin-y things and then... I was answering him, and I was almost as loud as him with the... It was a wee megaphone. I was sure. almost as loud as him. It was quite... It was... It. I didn't have a voice for, like, two days. Sure. But it was... It was... It, it was good. I mean, I know I... 
I put myself at risk to get the Rona, but it was just, I got to a point where I was like, I have to do something. I need sure. to show some solidarity, and that's just how I do. And again, I'm loud. You need loud people in the protest. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, everyone needs to bring their strengths to, exactly and like, how to protest, and yours is being loud. I so. Yeah. I'm, I'm tiny, but I'm fierce. I also um, did texting to see about people registering to vote. The best part about that, and again, this isn't really in any way related to the cause. Um, I got accused of having an affair with two different people's husbands. That was fun. Now, (laughs) just for the public record, are you having an affair with either of those women's husbands? No, I don't know... Who they are, they were just on my list, and I sent sure. them a form text about, are you registered to vote, and do you want to sign up for vote by mail? Again, <laughs> this, the funniest, best part of all of this is that these two different women thought that Oh yeah, a, a woman who was having an affair with her husband, like their secret code yeah, was, that's, that's how hey, I want to vote. telling you. You know, I think, I think a little bit, maybe this week, the absurd is what's making us laugh. It's like, okay. And you know, I, I feel a little bad for people that are in that situation. Me too. Because if you, if there is someone texting you about voting (laughs) and your first thought is, you're sleeping with my husband, you mm-hmm. syphilitic whore. <laughs> One, your husband's probably cheating on you. Well, yes. And two, so clear. Oh, girl. Yeah. I it, So many. There's so many, so many layers to there's that. There's so it, many things. I enjoy it. I love that story. Yeah, it's good. It's I love re- that journey for you. <laughs> it's like... Wow. Wow. I'm really trying to do my civic duty and I'm being accused of being a syphilitic whore. Cool. 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 So yeah, I'm great. My syphilitic ass is great. Anyway. So shall we jump into our, uh, our, uh, our talking? Let's do it. Our questions? Yeah. So what would you rate this book? Uh, I think like a like a four? I'd give it a four. I don't remember what a four is. I don't either. Is that the... We should really write these we down, We should too. write these down. Uh, is that a Diet Coke? Or no, is that a, a two? No, that's a three. That's a three. That's a three. Maybe we... Extended curfew. It was an extended curfew. Extended curfew. Yes. Cause, cause Definitely the, an extended curfew. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. I didn't like it. The plot, yeah, was a little meandering, but I did overall... I yes, I, I go ahead. I was just gonna say I feel like it was a little bit of a slow burn, and I mm. feel like this in in some of these that I do feel that the the climax, the denouement, if you will, um, of the book gets kind of pushed to the end and compressed, and yeah. that's where I feel like sometimes the details go a little off the rails just to get it done with a little bit and wrap it all up. I would agree. Um, I definitely thought when the book started out, because it started off more about the relationship between Dawn and Marianne and Christy 
and Marianne is finally allowed to redo her room, so she asks Dawn about it and not Christy. And Dawn comes over and brings all this stuff from their attic that they're not using. To be fair, I don't think I would have ever asked Christy about interior design. So Dawn comes over, she brings a whole bunch of crap from the attic, and then because Christy lives across the street, she sees them through the window. She literally she... is like peering through the window like, hey, what you doing over there? And Literally screams across the yard. Yeah. So they invite her over and things are a little tense. Um, and she's in Dawn, because this is from Dawn's perspective, she comments on how Christy's kind of been snappy with her. Does she not like her? And then she she settles on Christy's jealous. Which I actually interpreted it as, I don't know if she's so much jealous as she's hurt. Sure. It's probably, a, it's a combination, I think. I think it's a combination, and I think it's a good way to go in a book like this, because yeah. I think it then does help teach you, if you're reading this, like, what what that emotion could be if you have a friend who then gets another friend, or, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it helps. It did seem a little bit, like, Dawn seemed very, and I do think there's a little bit of her character, but I also think it's kind of how the books are written mm-hmm. of, like, the the person who the book, um, the perspective is being written from, I think often has insights that aren't necessarily insights that a 12-year-old would have. Yeah, I would agree. But it works, and it I think it then kind of helps you to and understand I what's happening. I think it does work with Dawn's personality, because everything we've learned from from her, about her up until this point, is she's really put together, she's really organized, she always is commenting on how scatterbrained her mom is. I mean, she almost goes so far as to say that it's her mother's fault that her parents got divorced because her dad is really organized and her mom is not. And I was like, oh, that's a 12-year-old emotion. Yeah. And it's like, you're organized, so you think that an organized person and a disorganized person could never be together. Right. Right. Um, Yeah, clearly there's a lot more to that story. And, like, I, I kind of want, like, the backstory. Like, I kind of wish... We would we could read the adult versions of these, like <laughs> yeah. as adults, like you know from I mean? Mrs. Schaefer's perspective. Yes, like Sharon, tell us, please, what right. what happened there? I want the Sharon and Richie romance novel. Yeah, I want it all. Um, so I thought that kind of started off. Like I honestly, when the book started, I was like, "Are we really going to go through this cranky? Mm-hmm. Me and my friends aren't talking shit again." Yeah, I was like, "We did that last book." Yeah, and I do think. I, what I liked about what I liked about it and what I like about when it does get a little bit more like adult perspective yeah. um, is that then you you end up with quicker resolutions. So Don Don recognizes, oh, Christy isn't just mad, she's jealous, she's hurt, she you know, and she understands it. And so she then she makes an effort to, do things, say things to include Christy in conversations in ways that make her feel more important or make her yeah. feel part of the conversation. And so I think that does tend to to speed along the yeah. resolution a little. It's not like we're having to wait. And I do I do to that. I think what what I do like about how that played out though is 
Dawn tries a couple things before she kind of gets it right. Mm-hmm. So, like, she puts her foot in it a couple times with things that she said to Christy. And when it really does it is she just invites Christy over to her house without Marianne. Yeah. And they talk and they find things that they have in common that Marianne would never do, such as jump like, off the loft in a barn off of a rope. foot like beam on a rope into hay yeah (laughs) yes you know and it is interesting i think to me like the character of dawn is not she was a very well thought out character because yeah she she is friends with marianne very quickly like they have some stuff in common in just in terms of personalities, yeah. but then they have the mom and dad dating thing in common. Uh, her parents are divorced, and she has that in common with Christy. She's moved from California. She has that in common with Stacy. Yeah. And she even says in the book, like she's listing people, and she said, Claudia's harder to get to know. Yeah. And so, but I think it was, I'm sure there's, I can't remember what connection they have but i'm sure there is something that will bring them together as well but she is a very well thought out character to introduce because she can be that kind of middle linchpin person to say oh stacy and i talk about how hard it was to move from big cosmopolitan cities to stony brook and you know things like that and it does come up because christy's also worried about her mood they're gonna once her mom and watson get married um i also enjoy that watson is the only adult they call by his first name (laughs) yes yeah, because even, like, their friend's parents are... Or Mrs. Whatever, Mr. Mr. Yeah. Whatever. And then there's Watson, <laughs> which I, do, I think actually says a lot about Watson. And honestly, we've even been giving him shit about yes. that he's, like, nerdy and whatever. But he's the only adult that's, like, call me Watson. Maybe it's because his first name is a last name. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so I thought that was good. She also was able to introduce, again... We've talked about the undercurrent of Anna Martin, who, did you know, within the past couple of years, has come out as queer? I did not know that. So, I think now, with that knowledge, there's other things that, undercurrents that we've been saying about how we've been seeing her slip in, like, feminist values, liberal values into it, in a, in a package in a way that anyone will find yes. palatable, such as Dawn when she's babysitting for the Barretts. And Buddy comes out with his ray, his ray guns, cowboy hat, and flippers because he's like a, a cowboy from Venus. She's like, no, no, no guns when I'm around. Yeah. I this like book, them. I will say, had, there were a lot of things. So she, she says, you know, when I'm babysitting, I don't like guns. And then she goes on to say guns are dangerous and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so that gun control is in there. They talk about recycling at one point. They are saying like, oh, we're gonna, it's when they're cleaning up the house and there's papers. And she's like, does your mom keep these? And they say no. And she goes, okay, then we'll bundle them for recycling. And then there was another one. Food is a big thing in this one because she's super 
very health, she's, like their she's, whole family is yeah, health conscious. They're healthy. very health conscious. She's not a vegetarian, but she does eat tofu, which does not make you a vegetarian because I eat tofu and I'm not a vegetarian. No, um, but it, it seems like they may not be strict vegetarians, but they also are not big meat eaters. Yeah, because at one point, they her mom does put together, is it a Memorial Day party? Yeah. Like a um, Memorial Day weekend picnic. Yeah. Or barbecue. And it starts off like they're going to make all this really super healthy food. And Dawn's quick thinking remembers Christy's reaction to the tofu salad and and knows her mother's time management skills. <laughs> Are poor. She would not do well in like MasterChef or <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> Was like, you know what? We live in Connecticut now. What people are going to want to eat are hot dogs and hamburgers. Grandpa can grill. And she sells it by being like, we can get some pre-made potato salad. And her mom was like, red meat? And Dawn was like, well, this is what people in Connecticut eat. Which I was like. Yes, there was a big emphasis on like, like California food is tofu and Hot dogs are Connecticut. So most importantly, would 12-year-old you have liked the book? Yes, because I think a lot of the, like, the health food parts of it, Mm -hmm. I would have identified. Like, specifically, she says, so Christy's eating the natural peanut butter. And Christy makes do. Like, she doesn't completely turn her nose up at it, which I think is a good kind of thing. Well, I turned my nose up when Christy was like, wonder bread. I was like, disgusting bread. (laughs) But, but she, you know, she she eats the instead of her peanut well, butter and jelly and heathen. Wonder Bread. Her mother has no. raised her properly. Yeah, she's eating peanut butter with raw honey on like wheat and sprouted grain bread. Um, and then Dawn is like, and I had some yogurt with wheat germ, which is like when I read that line, I could taste exactly what she was eating. And I was like, because that used to, I used my mom used to put wheat germ on my cereal. Mm. And it's actually pretty good. And, um, and like, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should get some wheat germ. Like, maybe I should be eating wheat germ again. Like, so I think 12-year-old me definitely would have identified with that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think I would have liked the, like, the little hint of mystery of the when Buddy goes missing and which we haven't even talked about yet. Which is the yeah. main, which is the main thing of the book with Dawn and these children and Mrs. Barrett. Yes. So, can I just talk about Mrs. Barrett for a moment? Oh yeah, go for it. So, the house. So Dawn starts babysitting for them. The kids are a mess. The house is a like, mess. Baby and dirty diaper mess. Yes. Like, the first thing she has to do is, like, button up their clothes, change the diaper, clean their faces. Like, she's got to come in and do yeah. this. Clean up the house, do the dishes, all of that. Which she does. And then Mrs. Barrett comes down, and more than once, she's described as looking like a model. And, like, yes. no hair out of place. Everything is... And I really thought, for a minute, like that this was going to go somewhere else because also she doesn't, she doesn't do what other parents do. She doesn't leave the numbers where she's going to be when she does like the one time she does and Dawn has to call it. It's the wrong number. She's supposedly working for temp agencies. Like I thought we were going to discover that Mrs. Barrett was having like an affair or like where I went, I went to, we're going to find out Mrs. Barrett's a sex worker. 
<laughs> she's just a mom that's doing what she's got to do. But then so I, I kind of thought that too. But then, then I, I remembered like, this it's is a book a for twelve-year-olds, <laughs> right? So then I kind of went down the affair route. Like, uh, yeah. I, but either way, I really thought she was doing something that she shouldn't have been doing. Yes. Yeah. When and in I, fact she's just over overworked, overtired. She's trying to keep up with her three very rambunctious kids and a husband who is like they're it's not an amicable divorce they're no. you know he's doing whatever she's not yeah she doesn't have a great situation and it's no. like she's forgetful but then on the flip side the husband is trying to constantly go outside of the custody agreement and contact the children when he's not supposed to. Right. So yes, even though she does sometimes forget whose day and he's is what. Not, right. He's not helping in any way. No. Like if it were amicable and he knows she often mixes up the weeks or whatever, yeah. I feel like at the beginning of every week he could call and be like, this is my week or remember tomorrow I'm right. picking the kids up or, so you know, whatever that is. It's just a mess. And I think, so I do also think, like, 12-year-old me would have liked the book. I think I would have liked the different relationships between, you know, how new friends coming in affects a relationship. I do think I would find the story of the kids, the Barretts, and how Dawn handles that. I think I would have found that useful, which I know is a strange thing to say, but because she is so methodical in how she approaches things like she's constantly making schedules in her head like one of the times that she's over there she had previously talked with Stacy and Claudia about their babysitting the pikes and it's both of them because it's all of the pikes and they should have a picnic and she should bring over the Barretts and they can all have lunch outside and play and whatever um and Dawn goes over and once again, the house is a mess. She doesn't have any information and she's trying to make a schedule in her head and she like gets down to like, at 9.15, we'll do this. And I've put the schedule in my head where the kids have this amount of time. But then she keeps having to change the schedule because, you know, children, children dying are... dying laughing at that. Because I was like, I was just having some like firsthand memories <laughs> of having, like having a schedule and then being like, Okay, so now we're going to have to redo this schedule. It, it honestly reminded me of being on a photo or a video shoot. It was uh-huh. just like nothing you make a schedule and then nothing goes uh-huh. nothing goes to plan, so you got to yeah. think quick on your feet. Um, but what I also this was this is not related to Dawn really, but what I thought was so funny is they go over to this picnic. There should be 14 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they count 15 and she goes over to Stacy and she's like can you look like who's extra Jenny Prezioso Jenny Prezioso just showed up she just left her princess dress in her princess dress just left her own house showed up and like one of them had to go back in and call Mrs. Prezioso, who said it was fine, but no one invited Jenny. I actually feel a little bad for Jenny because everyone thinks she's a brat except Marianne, apparently. Yes. But they're like, well, "Well, I guess we have to let her stay. 
<laughs> it was so funny. And I, I do like, think it was... Of course it's Jenny. Of course. Of course, of it's, course Jenny. it's Jenny. I feel like I kind of wanted Mrs. Prezioso and Mrs. Barrett to be like... Yeah. Like buddies. I feel like they could... I feel like Mrs. Prezioso could help Mrs. Barrett, like, get the house into shape a little bit. Yes. And then because they Mrs. could be, like, glamorous, I want to wear fancy clothes friends. Yes. Because Mrs. Barrett does need help. <laughs> and she yes. says that. I mean, she does recognize it, which I think is also why Dawn... Throughout the book, there's a couple of times where Dawn's like, I need to say something to her. I need to say something to her. And then something happens where she realizes that Mrs. Barrett's just so overwhelmed. Right. That she kind of cuts her some slack. But then she's like, I'm not getting paid extra to clean this woman's house. Right. And then she also (laughs) says, um, so other babysitters do try and babysit for, like, Marianne goes over there once and it's kind of a disaster. And she, she even says... They per- like you're their favorite babysitter, and Don says that Susie starts calling her at home, and she's yeah. like she doesn't really know what to do when she calls me, but she just calls me. And Buddy's asking questions about school, like all the things that a mom should be doing, and they're yeah. they're relying more and more on her. And I, I wrote this down because it made me laugh. So they have the book where they their log where they have to write about all of the. Um, all the different babysitting jobs. And so Claudia writes in one and she's talking about it. And she says basically that after she was writing her thing, she realized like she'd been reading them. She realized that Dawn had babysitted, babysat even. <laughs> Whew. Um, Dawn had babysat for the Barretts four days in the last week. Like, and Claudia was like, that's a lot. And she writes like, she was like, I think they're depending too much on you. And yeah. she's like, I'm not writing this as, like, because I want your babysitting job. She's like, I'm writing this as a friend. Like, I'm yeah. telling you this as a friend. <laughs> she was basically like, I'm worried about you. You need to stop. Yeah. Um, and Dawn even says at one point that Mrs. Barrett tells her she's the glue that's holding the family together. And she's like, that is way yeah. too much responsibility. Which I think it's... She's doing that at home in some ways yes. already, but not to that huge degree. But she's already, her mom puts the mixing bowls in the linen closet and she just kind of takes them and puts them where they're supposed to be. Like she's already filling some of that role at yes. home. And so I think she at some point realizes she can't do this for everybody. Right. She can't do it, you know. And then, and kind it's, it's, yeah, it's just a lot. And then what's kind of what breaks her is this whole buddy gets kidnapped yes and i think i think it was like this perfect mix of she let him go outside so she feels a little guilty i think that but also still it's the 80s and as we've talked about you let kids go outside and she did like so he was dressed appropriately. She said, go outside. I'm going to get your sisters dressed appropriately for the weather. That yeah. she can't. She's from California. She can't stand anything less than 80 degrees. Well, and I also think Susie was in a sundress, mm-hmm. which was still inappropriate for... <laughs> sure. Everyone's on the struggle bus for the weather. But she says, go outside. We'll meet you there. She looks out. She says, like, I looked out. I could see him playing yeah. as I'm getting ready. And the next time she looks out, 
gone. So they go out. They can't find him. And she does, similar to Marianne in the last book, she does all the right things. She contacts. Yes. She tries to get Mrs. Barrett on the phone. On the phone. Um, that they don't explain. But she calls Mrs. Pike. I haven't seen her. They Mrs. get the neighborhood out. Yeah, Mrs. Pike, after, like, she gives Dawn, like, three other families to call when they don't say that she comes over with her brood of children and other neighbors, including Mrs. Prezioso, which I was surprised about that she's going to go out looking in her cocktail dress, but good for her. But I also feel like she doesn't wear anything but cocktail dresses. True. Like, she put on her search party cocktail dress. Yeah. And they basically, they do a neighborhood search and they can't find him. And then one of the Pike kids, I can't remember which one because there's a hundred of them. Jordan. Comes back from his piano lesson and they ask, have you seen Buddy? And he was like, yeah, I saw him get in a car for his lesson. Because he assumed that like, oh, he was getting up, getting picked up for a lesson. Which is such a like kid thing yeah like like it was a perfect he got into a car around the same time he must be going to a lesson so dawn calls Susie, and Susie's like no he doesn't go to any lessons and that's when mrs pike is like that's it we're calling the cops i kind of (laughs) like in my head i want it to be the same cops that like found alan gray yeah like they're like (laughs) damn babysitters again like last time they had to call the emts like this time like i just it's like mayberry where there's like one cop and like one deputy in there still no one can get a hold of mrs barrett she's out shopping um so the cops come they grill poor jordan who i did appreciate that she wrote in that he took a breath like a big breath and like used his breathing to try to control his anger. And I was sure. like, that's very mature for yeah. Jordan of the piano lesson. Yeah. Um, but they keep I asking. Also, I also liked that, like, they keep asking all the questions, and at one point they're like, well, what time was it? What time was it? And he looks at his mom, he's like, what time is my lesson? And she's like, 11.15. And he turns back, and he's like, 11.15. <laughs> yeah, so... And then throughout, all, they're sending out a canvas. People are still looking. There's, ooh, thanks, pipes. Plop. <laughs> and, and then eventually, there's a phone call. And Dawn. Which was amazing. It was like a, like, movie of the week. Yeah. Like, 48 hours. There's a call. Buddy's like, I'm at a gas station. Yeah. I Very, like. Worried. Yeah. We're on I'm our with way with my home dad. Now. Does he he's even on say a phone? Does he, he even does say, say he's with, with his, his dad? dad? Because then that's what triggers the like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And because that's also right around when his mom comes home, and the police are like, not to freak you out, but most kids that get kidnapped are. It was like <laughs> I felt like that was like. I feel like they're in every era of. Like being a kid or raising a kid yeah. or anything, I feel like there are things that are the big scary things. Yeah. So like, like I remember growing up, like kidnapping was the big scary thing. Oh like, yeah, you didn't want to be the kid on the back of the milk carton. No, and 
like we had school assemblies. I don't know if you ever had this, but this was like burned into my brain. And now I'm pretty sure no one would ever do this. But we used to have school assemblies where the whole school would come into the gym and they would play these videos like on the big screen up on the stage in the auditorium gym combination thing. And they would play these videos that were basically like little after school specials, but they were warning things. And there <laughs> was this one. <laughs> I'm going to have to find it. It's, I'm sure it's online somewhere. There was this one where there was this girl and, and I was, I'm trying to think. So it was the first elementary school I went to that I left after fifth grade. So it was probably, and I was younger than that. I would say I was probably like third grade. Yeah. And this was like the whole school. Maybe not kindergartens, but like this is yeah. the whole school. So basically like first grade through eighth grade. They it was this video and there's this girl who gets off the bus and there's this guy and he offers her a ride home or something like like somehow he I'm laughing out of fear, her. not that this is funny. I was like, Oh no, is, it's hysterical. This is, this is I'm gonna find it because <laughs> it's like it's this thing where I'm like how did you show this to children? So this guy lures her to his house and then there's this scene and I like, again, burned into my head because I was a tiny, tiny child. There's this scene where she's sitting on his counter and you see him and this is like a legitimately, like there's no camera angles <laughs> to fake it. It's a two shot and you see she's sitting on his counter and he starts unbuttoning her top. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And they used to show this every year. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is like, oh my God. It's straight. Oh my God. I have no. Yeah. Okay. And then the gas people would come in and pass out those scratch and sniff stickers so that you knew what natural gas smelled like if there was a gas leak in your house. By the time I got to elementary school, they were not showing those videos. They would. They'd learned. They did have a lot of like stranger danger messaging Mm -hmm. um, that I took very seriously. And luckily, even as a child, I gave people an up down with such disgust in my eyes that they'd be like that child is going to be too difficult to take she will not yeah, believe that, i have that, a puppy that's a kicker and a biter <laughs> yeah and she seems loud <laughs> that does she can't does, stash her anywhere she does not seem like a prime candidate to be kidnapped <laughs> anyway anyway so basically he gets lightly kidnapped by his father because by the time he comes back he pretty the dad pretty much explains that he wanted to teach his ex-wife a lesson that it yes. was his weekend she forgot when he came around the house and he knew she forgot right somehow when he came around the because the kids didn't show up that's how we knew oh they were never dropped off at his house so oh i thought i thought he had like a like a plan like, this was, like, a week's-long, or, like, a week-long plan. Like, I know she doesn't remember, so on oh, Saturday, no. I'm I read going it as, to... The kids didn't get dropped off. Either way, the kids Either didn't way. get yes. dropped off. He knows she's clearly forgotten. His plan was that he was going to go over there because she's scatterbrained, somehow get all the kids out, and take them himself without her noticing to teach her a lesson. And when he got there, he just saw Buddy in the front yard. So he just took Buddy and left the girls... Because he figured she was in the house with them. 
But then when Buddy told his father, John's going to be really worried about where I am. He realized... First they went to an amusement park first. Yeah, they went to an amusement park first, and he was like, Buddy didn't seem right. He wasn't really having fun, and when he asked him what was wrong, it was, Don's not going to know where I am. He realized that his ex-wife wasn't even home, and he's probably just really freaked out the babysitter, which he did. And that she might call the cops. And that so she he might call the cops. bring Buddy home. So he brought Buddy home, which... I also love that this is a small detail, but when Mrs. Barrett starts talking about her ex-husband, she's like, Ham, I mean, Hamilton. I'm like, okay, now I have a picture in my head. He's like super white Wall Street man. Sure. Who's used to get, I'm thinking like Wolf of Wall Street here, who's used to getting his way. And he's just pissed off because his flaky hot wife, ex-wife, can't remember to drop off the kids so he's gonna teach her a lesson which is a really dick move but also in the 80s 2020 if hamilton was jamal he'd be going to jail well sure so i was like this is this is he's lucky that he's being only written up with a warning because he just straight kidnapped a child yes although okay and this is where i come back to the i'm not really defending him but So I think the thing is, legally, it was his weekend to have the kids. Yes. He came, whether he did it correctly or not, putting that aside, but like legally, he didn't really kidnap him because it was his weekend to have the kids. He took the kid on paper, according to their agreement, he was supposed to have the kids. If anything, it's that he left the other two behind. That There's was so the problem. There's so many things wrong with it, but I, okay, maybe this is our question of the week. Someone who knows anything about legal things, if he just took the child without telling anyone, even if it is his weekend, like, I would be interested to know. Because it's is not that like. Kidnap? Yeah, because it's not like he took him to his house. He took him to an amusement park and to a diner and a gas station. Right. I think. <laughs> so, and and this is where I was like, I feel like it all smushed together really fast, and it was, it was too, too much to try and wrap it up because then the details for me, how did Buddy, who I think is what like six, Sit, yeah, something like ish, that. yeah, how did Buddy, um, have change for the payphone at the garage or at the gas station, reach the payphone. At the gas station. Yeah. Like, there's so many so things. Many and things. then they even come back at the end and say his dad didn't even know that he'd called Don. Like, he was just on his way back. <laughs> it's just, so many, yeah. so many things. But, like, yeah, I don't, legally, I don't know because I think he could probably argue with his high powered yeah, Wall Street I lawyers. Think he, can... he could argue, well, I went up to the house and. Buddy was there, and I assumed that the ex knew that I was taking him, and, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. He's completely a dick, but... But, yeah. So that was the trauma drama. Yeah. Should we take a wee break to refresh the cocktails? Sure. You may be asking yourself, why is the audio quality on this ad so poor? Well, when you're working on a shoestring budget and the cord of your mic craps out, you improvise. Now you're asking yourself, why do I care? 
You care because you love independent media and you get excited like a sophomore whose braces just came off every time a new episode of your favorite pod pops into your feed. So if you want to help make sure all the cords work and hosts don't go hungry, consider donating to help support an independent creator that is important to you. It doesn't have to be us. We'd love it to be us. But if there's another pod out there that warms the cockles of your heart, support them. If you want to help us make sure the cocktails keep coming, head on over to our Patreon page and become a member. And until then, cheers! Okay. All right, you have your, your refreshed cocktail? I have my refreshed cocktail. What was the most surprising part of the book to you? The turn it took with the kidnapping slash maybe mm. not kidnapping. I think mm-hmm. it was going down this path of just like these people are hard to babysit for because this mother is unorganized and has a lot going on, which I do think as a kid, I probably would have been like, what is wrong with that mom? But then like as an adult, I'm like, oh, she's on the struggle bus with her new life. Yes. And I and I do sympathize. It was a little like, mm, maybe you should change your baby's diaper instead of. Sure. But I guess, you know what? You got to do you. You got to do what makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, and I do think it, I think it was good. And we didn't talk about this yet either. And it was a little surprising because I don't think I would have had the balls to do this. That Dawn, after it's over pretty much has a sit down with Mrs. Barrett and is like, I can't, I can't babysit for you anymore. If Mm -hmm. this stuff is going to keep happening and it's not just that Buddy got lost, it's I'm doing your housework and you don't pay me extra. Right. You don't, I, I don't know where you're going to be. Yes, I'm the babysitter and I'm, I'm in charge when you're gone, but I need instructions from you. Like, we also and didn't I, talk about how she didn't tell Dawn that the littlest one. Oh, yeah. I can't remember her name. Uh, it, Marnie. Marnie is allergic to chocolate, and she almost ate a chocolate brownie at the picnic. Like she And Mallory, like, literally, like, jumped in. Yeah. Threw herself. Basically, in my head, it was, like, one of those, like, action movie, like, no! No! Like, slow-mo. Like, yes. Mallory, like, jumping out and, like, slapping and the brownie Slapping it from her hand. hand. Yeah. So, and Dawn's like, the fuck, Mallory? Like, <laughs> I know you're eager, but calm down. And then she felt horrible because she kind of yelled at Mallory. And Mallory was like, yeah. I just, I, did, I, I thought you right. knew. So I did think that was surprising to me that she had the wherewithal. And even the rest of the babysitters were like, I think it's really good you had that conversation with her. And they ultimately yes. came up with a compromise. And I think she even says when she's talking with mrs barrett i think she even says i've talked to the rest of the club yeah like, and they agree yeah um and they do come to a compromise that she they're gonna do a, a trial where it's a couple more three more times she'll babysit for them but like if there's housework she needs to be paid extra yeah she needs you know to have certain information and I think Mrs. Barrett says, oh, I'll make sure you come 15 minutes earlier. I'll make sure to sit down with you before yeah. I have to leave. Like, you know. And she even told her, like, Buddy has been coming to me with things he should be coming to you for. Susie's pretty much just calling me at home to tattle on him. <laughs> like, talk to your kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was surprising. What about for you? 
Um, I think some of that was surprising. I feel like what was surprising was like what we've touched on a little bit before were the kind of um, uh, cultural issues that were woven into it. So there was like environmentalism, there yeah. was gun control, there was like the the kids don't be kidnapped by your divorced parent thing. Yes. Like there was a lot yeah, yeah, of yeah. that that seemed like in the past books, there's maybe been one of those themes right. and that's been addressed or whatever. And I feel like on this, she was just hitting it hard yeah. with like, oh, by the way, recycle. Oh, by the way, gun control. By the way, divorced parents. By the yeah. way, you know what I mean? Like there was yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. that, which not bad, but it was just kind of surprising because I felt like every, every time I, there was something else, there was a reason for it that yeah. then went back to, um, to like the larger issues. And, but I also, there were a lot of like, random things that just made me laugh (laughs) and I think that was kind of surprising because it was not that the books haven't been funny no I feel like there were a lot more kind of like asides that just things were kind of thrown in there that I was laughing at yeah they were like things like when they're at the picnic like I don't know why I thought it was funny that Christy was like, when did your dad Marianne get contacts? She was like, yeah, he just got them. And she did this whole like, be still my heart thing where she like, faint, oh, she yes. faints so into the chair I and like... down for that because I'm like, and I feel like we've said this before, but like Christy is like an 85 year old woman. Yes. Trapped in a 12 year old's body. Yes. Like she is that person that's like gossiping, but not, <laughs> for like maliciously but just because no, she's got to know what's going on like with she everybody she herself to everything she's just she's over dramatic she's very like but the whole thing with them just like the three of them sitting on a lawn chair watching mm-hmm. all of the interactions of people like talking about like, my mom would say that they were acting like like little yentas yes <laughs> so. yes christy is totally a tiny little tiny little yenta yeah <laughs> so like and they're like and dawn's like can you tell the reaction from like my grandpa's having to to, to your dad marianne oh they're having a comp now they're just talking about tax law like what is- well and that too i think there was a lot there was a lot of subplots to the subplots to the subplots yeah. and the continuations. So because that was a continuation from last book where part of the reason that they broke up uh, Marianne's dad and Don's mom broke up in the first place was that Don's parent or not Don's parents, Don's grandparents were who have apparently crap ton of money. Yeah. Um didn't approve and, and kind yet, of, and yet they live in a barn with the midget door, which the midgets came up again. I was like, "Stop with the midgets! Stop talking about midgets! <laughs> Can we just say little people, please? <laughs> We're just not talking about it at all." Oh my it's god! Fine. Um, it's like just when you think the book is progressive, they talk about the right? midgets. <laughs> Does not hold up in 2020 when you're talking using <laughs> the word midget. Um, yeah, and so, but. Mr. Spire's like very, oh, well, I don't work because the, the grandfather's like, oh, how's how's the law firm going? He's like, well, I don't work there. I haven't worked there. I have my own law firm. I work in Stanford. And he's like, ooh, oh, <laughs> 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 like, okay. 
you've got money now. Now you're fine. I also it's a love... whole other topic we can talk about. But... <laughs> yes. I also love that the grandmother was pretending to listen to Mrs. Prezioso. Yes. I but feel like, like Mrs. Prezioso is apparently totally unaware and just keeps talking. But don't you think that's how Mrs. Prezioso is all of the time? Probably. In every interaction yes. that she ever has. Yes, yes, yes. I do. I really, I really do. You're right. There were a lot of subplots. This one I feel like had more subplots than I think because then another subplot was the moving to Watson and like what was yeah. Christy going to do? And then David Michael's all upset. David Michael's all upset. He thinks they're going to put the dog in the moving van, which was like, aw. Fresh. And break lamps because he saw one of Dawn's lamps get broken, broken when they moved in. Yeah. It was, yeah. And, you know, they think they might have to break up the club because they can't have the club without Christy. And how is she going to get from Watson's across town on what she calls Mansion Row? <laughs> she has. Derrickle. To, to Claudia's house. And then throughout the whole thing, we got through all the kidnapping and all of this. I totally forgot that this whole thing started off with Marianne wanting to redecorate her room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that all she wanted was a picture of all five of them. Yes. Which like, then at the end... Which is, oh, and that... So, okay, well, another note that I had that just I was made me laugh was I feel like I feel like names are always really well done in this series. Yeah. But I felt like this this book was especially so. So, we learn Don's brother's name is Jeff, yeah. which I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but like when you think about it, there that are there are a lot of Jeffs who are adults, who are children yes. at, in, in this time period. Like, I think it was... There was know, a lot of Jeffs. But, like, for some reason, a little kid named Jeff, like, it just it just made me laugh the way that it was... I, it, was it just felt like a, an older name <laughs> yeah. for the young, like, the, young the age time. of the character. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it, maybe, like... Was it Jeffy? Like, I, it just, I, I was trying know. to think, like, what would it have been? I'm like, I know Jeff's. Like, I know. It, but they're all, like, It's 45. not a weird name. <laughs> but for some reason, like, a, I don't know how old he's supposed to be. Eight, nine, ten? I don't know. He's old enough to have a camera sent to him. So, I mean, we might actually know this Jeff. It's true. As we, an adult. This might be the beginning of a, <laughs> of a photographic career. I mean. Who knew? We may know this person. We might. But yeah, um, totally got to that. And I was like, I, by the time we got to the photo and the unveiling of her room, I was like, I forgot this happened. Yeah. In the like was, two was and a, a half hours I've been reading this book. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And then my other, I think one of my favorite moments of the book was when Don's mom is going out for a date with uh, Marianne's dad and Don's like, okay, fine, go, go, go. And then she's like, Mom. And she's like, what? And she's like, you've got one earring, uh, you have a rubber band on your wrist, and there's a price tag on your skirt. Come back. And so her mom takes off the price tag, takes off the rubber band. She's like, great, I'm good to go. And she's like, your earring. And her mom's like, I don't know where the other one is. She's like, I can just wear one, right? And Don goes, 
yeah, I mean, it looks kind of punk. And her mom goes, ugh, ugh, and rips it off and leaves. And I, it just made me laugh so hard. I, again, you know, back to like the Tamara of it all in the first, second, I don't remember which book. There are just subtle things where I'm like, swear yeah. to God, Anna yeah. Martin is sitting there like listening yeah. to the dead Kennedys. Totally. <laughs> totally. And it makes sense that a woman who grew up in Stony Brook, Connecticut, moved to California, and then moved back, probably was not into the punk scene. No. And probably would react like that in the mid to late 80s, being like, ugh, I don't want to look punk. I'm going to go meet my lawyer button-down boyfriend who just got contacts. Exactly. But if Anna Martin is growing up in Princeton, New Jersey, the Princeton Record Exchange has been around for a time she's seen the punks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just planting the seed of like hey kids reading this book do you want to look like a punk just wear one earring <laughs> dip your toe into it just try it it's fine it doesn't matter what kind of earring it's fine you can have a different kind of pinning <laughs> just take that pin and shove it right in right in so are we ready to wildly speculate about the next book Absolutely. Tell me what the title is. Christie's Big Day. Oh, I know this one. Well, I know what's happening in this one. I don't remember the plot exactly. I mean, pretty sure this is where Mrs. Thomas and Watson get married. Or... Seal the deal. Maybe they don't. Or Christie gets a bra. (laughs) (laughs) Or both. Or both. Or both, or, or, <laughs> maybe it is when Mrs. Thomas and Watson are supposed to get married. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Christy finds some paperwork in her mom's desk that reveals that the divorce was not actually ever finalized. And so her mom and her dad are technically still married. And mm. so Christy has to stop the wedding before her mom commits bigamy. Yes. Maybe Karen will refuse to wear like a bridesmaid or a flower girl dress because I assume uh, Karen's probably going to be flower girl. I would assume so too, yeah. Maybe she's going to refuse to wear the dress and she's going to wear her Mrs. Mysterious dress up. (laughs) I don't know. And just walk in going, hello! (laughs) Sure. Yes. You go, Karen. Yeah. And they also, at one point, uh, they do say Karen can be bossy sometimes. And I'm like, duh. Yeah. I feel like that's the statement of 2020. That holds up in 2020. That holds up in 2020. Karen can be bossy sometimes. Karen can be bossy. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It was good times. But yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think, I think Christy's going to get a bra and get a stepsister. <laughs> and brother. And with that, I think we're... I think we're done. I think we're done. So cheers, everybody. Cheers. Until next time, write, not write, review. Review, subscribe, and rate us. Do that. Yes. Do that. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. And we'll meet you back here next time. Next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.